It's a blessing to worship with the children. Andy is so precious. Thanks for all the teachers and volunteers. We had an awesome time. And children say, thanks for your salvation. And they meant it. Because on Thursday, I had an opportunity to visit children. And I had a, we had about how many kids? But 20 children gave their life to Jesus. So I want to praise the Lord. It is amazing. So I was wondering, I said, do they know? Did they know what they were doing? So I decided to follow up with each child. And I had opportunity to talk with the five young little children. And I say, do you know what happened to you a couple of days ago? Do you know what you did? She said, yes. I decided to make my own decision. I know I belong to God. God uh, loves me. So I'm a new person. And I said, praise God. So you, they got it. So I'm, I was rejoicing with um, these children. And one little girl said, because you love the Lord, Jesus loves you, and Jesus is a king, so you are princess. She said, wow, I'm a princess. <laughs> so it was wonderful. And just thank the Lord for this opportunity for us to minister to our children. So we appreciate all what God has done to our people. Let us pray. Oh, God, we are rejoicing for who you are, what you are doing, what you have done, and what you will do with us. We bless you, oh, Lord. Thank you, God, for gathering us this morning to worship you. Come, Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds as we listen, as we speak, as we worship you. So may the words of my, my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, oh, Lord. Oh, God, come and reign over us. In Jesus' name, amen. For the last three weeks, we have learned about Elijah. He was the prophet of the Lord who served as a mouthpiece of God. Last week, we learned from Pastor Pumant how to rely on God through prayer. He talked about the prayer of Elijah. Elijah prayed. His prayer was humble, persistent, and expectant. He prayed specifically. He had a focused prayer, right? Elijah prayed for rain, and God sent rain after three and a half years of a drought. He prayed for fire. God sent fire, not to exalt Elijah. God sent fire so the people would know there is God in Israel. And God answered such a mighty way. And God came and brought the fire and consumed the burnt offering at Mount Carmel. Eliza was bold, powerful, fearless, brave, mighty servant, prophet of the Lord. King Ahab and 850 false prophets they saw, they witnessed that the Lord is God in Israel. Today, we are going to see a different image of Elijah. He came down from the mountaintop, holy, amazing experience to the lowest valley. There, Elijah was ready to quit. He reached the low point of his prophetic ministry, per se, and he was so discouraged. Let's hear the full story with open mind and heart. 
This is a rather long story, so I have a special reader today. This is so long but amazing and good and powerful story made the story from 1 Kings chapter 19 become alive as you listen to the story. Rocco will read the story for us. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat from Abel-Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. 
Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. This is such an action story. Even the, after the glorious mountaintop experience, things didn't turn out the way Elijah had a hope for. He had a hope that Mount Carmel episode would bring a final victory over the first idol worshipers. But people didn't turn to God. King Ahab, he saw the power of God through Elijah. Then he went to the palace and told his queen, Jezebel, what happened at Mount Carmel. When she heard the story, she was, Jezebel was furious. And she sent the messenger and told, the messenger said, I am going to kill you by tomorrow. When Elijah heard the threat, he ran. He ran as, as far as possible to Beersheba, a city beyond reach of Jezebel. Then he walked again all day long by himself toward the wilderness. And there he collapsed. He collapsed on the bush. Elijah was tired and afraid. Physically, he was so exhausted. Emotionally, there was nothing left for him to continue. Spiritually, he was depressed. Elijah poured out his heart to say, God, it's enough. I had enough. I am done. I'd rather die. I, I quit. Then he fell asleep. This is the human side of Elijah. Most of us in here do not, may not relate to this kind of dread, but we understand the fear of uncertain future. You heard from a doctor saying, have a cancer, stage four cancer, or receive a divorce paper from your spouse. Got a call at night from teenage child. Lost your loved ones over addictions. Persecutions. Separation with the loved ones. Financial insecurity. We understand the fear of uncertain, unknown future. So what do we do when things happen like this? Many of us, we could run or hide or blame on somebody, just want to give up or hide from somebody or someplace. For me, I would run to my closet and call out to God. I will hide and I will pray. If left alone, if God doesn't intervene, we will fall into isolation and discouragement. People will break down physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and into depression. But God is so gracious. God is so merciful. He strengthens the weak. He strengthens the discouraged and the hopeless. The valley experience is not the end. It is a beginning of a new turning point. It is a place 
to encounter God. It is a place to start again. I have a permission to start, share this story about one of our church families. Nancy Futurell stayed in the hospital for the last six months. The hospital became the second home for Nancy and Tom. She had a kidney transplant, but soon afterward, the kidney was infected. She underwent numerous medical treatments and procedures to get rid of the infection. During the various treatments, she began to have a serious liver problems, which made her very, very sick and weak for months. Nancy was in and out of the medical intensive care unit. Her doctors and hospitals, hospital staff, they took good care of her. But when there was no sign of improvement, the doctor said, we did all we could. One day when I visited Nancy, Tom, Nancy's husband, was looking at Nancy's hospital bed, and he said, at this point, it has to be God. While Nancy was going through the valley, she was fed with prayers from God, uh, God's people, and she ate the bread of life and received cards from many of you, and some people she have never met. And most of all, she continued to rely on God. She trusted Jesus. I'm thankful to share with you today, her kidney and liver are healthy. And I believe Tom and Mandy, they are here worshiping with us. Praise God. When you have no energy to continue, rely on God's strength. God works through God's people. Good deeds and kindness of others are the caring hands of God in our lives. They are God's messengers prepared for us. Receive God's gifts with thanksgiving and rely on God. We are not only recipients of God's love from others, we are givers of God's love and care for others. The study shows that the most happy people are giving people. They connect with others. We are sent ones. We are sent ones to those who are in need, who may be discouraged, who are waiting to receive words of encouragement. Look around and see those who are alone those who are waiting for words of encouragement and prayer, and talk to God. God will surely hear your prayers and be ready to pull you out of the valley. The Comforter Holy Spirit is with us to strengthen us and take us closer to God. God is so real, more real than what you can see, what you can hear. That's who God is. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of our consolation and comfort, the Lord who comforts us in our troubles and afflictions, so we can comfort those in any trouble. 
kingdom life include up and downs and peaks and valleys. Kingdom people yet have a purpose. In the valley of loneliness, God provided the bread and water to Elijah. He ate the heavenly bread and water, and he regained his strength. Then he walked 40 days and nights until he reached the Mount Horeb to the presence of God. In there, he heard the voice of God. Elijah had a dialogue with God. Having a conversation with God is not too complicated. It doesn't need to be theologically sound either. Just be honest, vulnerable, and talk and listen to God. Now let's think about listening to God. Listening is an art and it takes practice. And I am practicing nowadays, try to listen to God. It takes really discipline. I'm working on it. Silence itself is not a voice of God. When we, but we can hear God better when we turn off external noise. Sometimes cell phone, Facebook, TV and computer, other distracting noise. When we turn it off, we have more opportunity to tune to the presence of God. So how did Elijah talk with God? I love how Elijah and God had a conversation. He asked him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Not only once, he asked twice. Didn't God know that? God knew Elijah was depressed and scared and hopeless. Elijah answered, God, I have been working my heart out for you. For the people, Israel, they abandoned you. They're not even worshiping you anymore. Not only that, they destroyed the place to worship. And they murdered, they killed your prophets. I'm the only one left. And they tried to kill me. Elijah knew how to dialogue with God. And God said, go out, get up. I am going to pass by you, and so look for me. Go out and stand on the mountain before me. So Elijah went out. He went out of his cave and stood on the mountain. On the mountain, Elijah saw a great wind. It was just so strong, it split the mountains and breaking rocks. And he saw earthquake and then fire. But the Bible said, but the Lord was not there. Now, wait a minute. God is everywhere. God just passed by him with supernatural signs and powers and wonders. But God wasn't in the wind, in the, in the earthquake, and not even in the fire. In other words, Elijah saw the power of God. God passed by, but he did not hear God's voice. In the, in the midst of external signs and wonders, he did not hear God's voice. John said in chapter 10, my sheep hears my voice. I know them, they know me, they follow me. We are created to know God, hear God, and follow God. Sean Bolt, he's an international speaker and pastor, he said, 
God is speaking to everyone who listens to God. But only he had his ongoing conversation will continue to his friends. Elijah surely was God's friend. How significant was it for Elijah to hear God? Before Elijah heard God's voice, he heard he had a doubt that the Lord would save him. He, he had a doubt he could turn the nation back to the covenant. So Elijah felt like he had to take care of the national corruption and its problem by himself. So he got rid of 850 prophets because he was jealous for the Lord. When Jezebel threatened him, he thought it was done. Until God spoke to him. God, when God spoke to him, God showed him a way out for him. God spoke to him and he had a purpose. He did not give up. God did not allow him to give up. Now Elijah was reaffirmed and God gave him new commission, new assignment, but we're not going to talk about that today. But the main thing is the word of God healed the broken prophet during the time of a crisis, during the time of a disappointment, during the time of a depression. Elijah needed to hear a specific, definite, personal word from the Lord. Don't we all need to hear God in our lives? And we, are we hungry for that? God is just so gentle. We can see God's character here. When God was correcting mistakes that Elijah thought, he corrected him, corrected his mistake and misunderstanding with the gentleness. He thought he was the only one left. But God said, mm -mm, I, I reserve, I protect these 7,000 prophets who did not kiss the bow. You're not the only one. When, when God corrected Elijah, he was just so gentle. He did not judge him. The same God who strengthens us today, who strengthened Elijah is here today for us. God of Elijah is God, our God. He is the same God in Jesus Christ. He is the same God, the Holy Spirit. What are you doing here? Are you hungry for something more? Are you hungry for something, but you're not sure what that might be? Spend time in feasting on the word of God, the bread of life. Our church, we have an amazing weekly reading plan, five reading plans. This is like a, a written hard copy, the bread of life. You can feast on God's word. And also we have like electronic well, electronic word of God we can feast on. It's amazing. Nothing worse will satisfy our longings. Jesus is the bread of life. When we have a special encounter with Christ, we will get out of the valley. When we have an encounter with Jesus Christ, we will be empowered and strengthened by the Holy Spirit. So let's run to him. There's no one and nothing can satisfy the longings of our soul but God.
our mountaintop experience will not, will not last forever. Only our personal relationship with Christ will carry us through the valley, through the peak, in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. I was going to share the story of um, Heidi Baker, but we don't have time, so I'm going to skip the amazing story. Anyway, God is inviting us. God is telling us in Isaiah chapter 41, do not fear, I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you. I will uphold you with a victorious right hand. The God of Elijah is your God, he's my God, he's our God.